God, fuck. Here we go. I, I'll leave that in. Hello there. Welcome to episode four of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to deconstructing the films that we love from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host, as usual. My name is Marcella Inestroza, joined by my fellow co-host and my metaphorical Buddha, Dean Stark. And on today's edition... And on today's edition of the show, we'll be we'll be talking about the 2016 film The Forest. So, if you're not very if you're not very clear about the way that we do things around here, Dean is essentially going to take us through a walk in the woods, scene by scene, possibly of um, of this film. So, with that being said. Dean, uh, where would you like to start with this film? So first up, this is the first horror movie that we have reviewed. Sleepy Hollow to me is not really horror. It's not, it, I wouldn't put it in the horror category. So this is the first real horror movie. And as a horror writer, I am absolutely going to rip this movie to shreds. Now that doesn't mean that I don't love it. It just means as a horror writer, when I see a horror movie do certain things, that are semi-pointless and semi-ridiculous, I'm going to call them out for it. So here we go. The Forest, 2016. A woman ventures into Japan's suicide forest in search of her twin sister and confronts supernatural terror. Now, this movie has the wonderful, the magnificent, the amazing Natalie Dormer. And if you don't know who she is, she's in one of my favorite shows, the Tudors, she plays Anne Boleyn, she's in Game of Thrones, she was in Penny Dreadful, uh, she's in a lot of things, she's amazing. The one thing, the one thing that gets me is that she's English. She has a beautiful English accent. In this movie, she had to do an American accent. Now, a lot of English actors, British actors have to do American accents. She does it perfectly. She doesn't drop it, she's a professional. But her doing the American accent should really be banned because she, I don't, it just kills it for me because I know she's got this beautiful English accent, but they make her do the American accent. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. Now I know you do like Natalie Dormer, right? And you do know what I'm talking about with her very, very nice accent. Yes, I do. I, I do know exactly what you're talking about. So I don't understand why they didn't just have her use her accent in this film. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, it's, I don't understand. Yeah. So we'll move past that because I just, I could talk. I just don't, I didn't like it anyway. Um, so the, okay. The movie begins in my mind, really, really muddled. So we begin with Sarah, who is, um, Natalie Dormer and she's at home. She wakes up, she's had a bad dream. And then the next shot, she's at the airport. And then the next shot, she's in Japan, she's in a taxi. And then we start going back and forth between why she's in Japan. Um, you know, uh, uh, and then it starts sort of talking about her sister and she's talking to her husband and it's sort of, it, it jumps back and forth and it gets into the movie straight away. So within the first five minutes, within the first two minutes, she's in Japan, but the point of the first 10 to 20 minutes of the movie is the setup. So we have to care about these characters. We have to emotionally connect with these characters. And because they go back and forth, like for me, I don't know her, 
I don't care about her. I don't care that her sister's there. Who the fuck is her sister? Why do I care? And it's sort of, they try to bring it back in the movie, but to me, it, I mean, it doesn't set up her character at all because it doesn't set up weaknesses, strengths, flaws, fears. It doesn't set up anything. She doesn't, this character is so kind of, for me, two-dimensional. It sets up nothing. And that's the point of the first act is to set up the character. And for me, it didn't do that. What about you? This movie really, really was flat for me in many aspects. And one of those, one of those aspects was something that you just said, the character development or the investment that we're supposed to have as a, as an audience member is not there because as a screenplay writer, you have the first 10 to 20 pages to make your characters make your audience care about the characters and if you don't if you don't tell the audience through the script why should we care then why should we care about the adventure that they're going to go on and you pointed it out the film just seems concerned with getting us to the situation and not telling us a little bit about the the main character of the film and they try to they try to course correct when she's in Japan and even before she goes into the forest. But I still don't care because I don't know her sister. I don't know her. I don't know her dumb boyfriend who doesn't go with her for reasons. I am not invested because the screenplay writers didn't take a few scenes to give us something to hold on to as an audience member. So in that aspect, this film fell flat on its face. The only thing that I found really interesting about this movie is the connection between uh, 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 the, the character played by Natalie and her sister. And the main reason that I did was because throughout the film, she says, oh, I have a sense about my sister because in the film, they're twins, right? So they have this connection with one another. And if I didn't know somebody in my personal life who has a similar connection, but much stronger, I don't think I would have cared at all about her. But because I have somebody in my life who has that, but to a much cooler level, um, I don't think I would have cared. You know, when I was watching this movie, because I totally forgot about the the whole twin aspect because I haven't seen this movie in years, when I watched it and the whole twin thing and the feelings thing, I was like, oh, my God, I need to tell Marcella that's what it's like. That's what it's like. So I'm glad that you you picked that. I mean, I knew that you would. You're not stupid. Um, yeah, it, it was right in front of my face. Yeah, exactly. So the next scene, she's in Japan. Oh, what the director tried to do is set up everything once she gets to Japan, but we'll go through that and how that just fucking did not work. So anyway, she's in Japan. She decides to go to a restaurant and she goes to this restaurant. It's like a sushi restaurant. She sits down and she gets, she gets served a plate of raw fish that's moving, which is ridiculous because it's, it's not like a fish that they've just caught out of the sea. Like it's, it's properly um, made uh, by, you know, like a sushi, like it looks proper and it's like moving on the plate. And I thought that was so stupid because that's not even a thing. And then she, she goes, Oh, can I have something that's like not moving or not alive or something? And then there's these Japanese girls in the corner laughing at her. I found that strange. I felt like that was, 
kind of derogatory towards Japanese culture, basically saying they serve things that move that are still alive, which they don't. And also the girls laughing at her. Look, I'm not a savant in Japanese culture or anything like that, but Japanese people are very respectful. They, they wouldn't laugh at people. They're very quiet. They're very unassuming. Um, and I just thought, I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't buy that these girls would be laughing at her for saying that. I just think that the, this guy just didn't do enough research and was kind of, I don't, I, I don't, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just wasn't nice. And the other thing that was very odd about the scene is that when, uh, when, when the, when our main character notices the girls, the, the camera pans over to them, but for some reason, the director of the film holds on her face longer than he needs to. And I'm like, what are you trying to say here? And I completely agree with you. Uh, uh, Japanese culture, in Japanese culture, they're very respectful. They're very clean. And they wouldn't do that to an outsider who is visiting their country. The only thing that I could assume with the, with the puffer fish, the fish that she was served is maybe the fish that if you eat it and if you, you know, if you swallow it and it doesn't go down your throat in the correct way, it could kill you. But I'm like, okay, if you're going to do that, then do that. But then why have like a standard fish? So that scene to me had no purpose. It had no forward momentum. It was just there to be there. Which a lot of Um, scenes in this movie are there and are pointless, which I will get to. (laughs) So so moving along from that, uh, she goes back to her hotel and she's looking at her sister's Facebook. And so we get to see what her sister um, looks like and on her Facebook page there's like photos of her partying so we know she's and she's got black hair with like black eyeliner so she, we know she's like a bit of a goth she's a partier there's a photo with her she's got a beer and she's sticking her tongue out at the camera just like basic sort of like 20 year old stuff um, I'll come back to that that's important so the scene directly after that is when she goes to sleep. This is what I have an issue with. So it's a dream sequence. I think there's like three or four dream sequences in this movie. I'm not a fan of dream dream sequences unless it pushes the story along, which no dream sequence in this movie pushed the story anywhere. So this dream sequence, she, she goes downstairs and there's like a yellow tent and there's a girl in it. And she just makes a, like the, the, They've digitally like distorted her face to make it scary and then she just jolts awake. What does that tell us about anything? All that says is that her sister may or may not have like a yellow tent, but there was no information. It was just a scare, just to scare people. But it was completely pointless in my mind. Yeah, that 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 um had no purpose except for pissing me off when the <laughs> When she, when she opened up the tent and the girl's face is all deformed and then she yells, I jumped. So, I mean, you know me, I have very sensitive hearing. So shit like that happens. And uh, Dean can attest that has happened before when we've watched stuff together. Um, yeah, no, that's but you're true. Right. That, that had, that had no purpose at all. Um, as we get into the, fla- as we get into the flashbacks, I did feel that one flashback was good in reference to the way that it misled us. Uh, but I'll just wait until you get there to talk about it. Okay. So the next scene is we find out that her sister, her twin sister, Jess is a high school teacher in Japan, which 
I I did find weird, and this is what comes back to the Facebook page. What teacher posts photos of themselves on their on their public Facebook page of them partying, drinking alcohol, and just acting like a, an idiot? Like you wouldn't you wouldn't do that if you were a teacher, and you would probably be fired because that's not what, especially in Japan, like they don't want teachers <laughs> like that. So I thought I don't know if the director took that into account or just went, oh, it doesn't matter. But to me, it doesn't make sense. And I know teachers and they don't, they don't do that. So I don't know why the director thought that that would be, I understand they were trying to show her personality, like, oh, she's like a wild, wild child and all that. But you know, she's also like a Japanese teacher. So like, you can't, you kind of, yeah, you you wouldn't be posting that shit on Facebook. So I thought that was just crap. No, but if you wanted look, look, if you wanted if you wanted to show the relationship between the two sisters, you could have done all that, but they could have been shown by like video like 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 little videos on Jess's phone. You could have just completely exercised the Facebook thing because you're right. If you're a teacher in Japan or America and Australia, you don't put shit like that on your public social media. Why? Because when you te- when you're a teacher, you want to you want to present a certain image. And if you don't present a certain image, like you said, you have a possibility of being fired. So I, I, I don't understand why that shit was there either. I mean, if there's one thing we're learning as we go through these films, a lot of these writers and producers who make these movies don't do their fucking research and, and, and don't really think about plotting when constructing their scripts. They just think of putting cool shit in there and also... To tell narrative story, they think they take the path of least resistance. Yeah, exactly. It's why I'm so hard. I'm so much harder on horror movies than I am on other movies because I write it. And I'm like, dude, why are you doing that? Like, (laughs) I think, look, for people not us, nobody would have noticed. Nobody cares. But for people like us, um, we care and we notice because we're screenwriters and we're like, no, you shouldn't do that. But I think for the majority of the people that watch movies like this, they don't actually care, which is, I think, why the director, the writer, the producers, the studio doesn't care either. Yeah, yeah, that is that is absolutely possible because when I when when you and I enter a film that we really care about and it's made by somebody that we really love, we look at the film in a completely different context than the rest of the people that we're sitting with. The main goal of this podcast, if we have a second season or if we even make it to 100 episodes, God willing, um, it'll, you know, it'll just be an example that, you know, we look at things a little bit differently. And maybe somebody who is listening to who is listening to our voices now may not want to do what we do, but maybe they'll maybe they'll expect more out of the films that they watch because of us. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they just won't. They won't just settle and and maybe they'll look deeper into films. That's a really good point. So moving on in the story. So now we get a little bit of backstory on the forest. And when I say a little bit, I mean like a pinch of fucking salt. It's not even a lot. So, So I can't remember who it was. They say, if you die in the forest, your soul will be at unrest and you will come back angry. So that kind of sets up when they do go into the forest and why the spirits there are so angry. It sets it up a little bit, but I I have issues with it and we'll get to it, but I have major fucking issues with it. The scene after that I have an issue with as well. It's a flashback of 
um, her Sarah talking to her twin Jess. Now, uh, other than the fact that there was no information, no new information in the scene, it just showed the dynamic between the sisters. It didn't tell us anything, no new information. If you took that scene out of the movie, uh, you wouldn't miss it. It didn't show us anything. But what I find really funny is when, when studios put, want to write twins into a movie, they do two things. If like Natalie Dormer, she's not a twin, right? So obviously she was playing both parts. Now, when they hire an actor or an actress to play a twin, they always do their darndest to make sure that they look different. It's like, okay, you have to be blonde. You have to be goth. Just to, just to drive the point home, these are two completely separate people. But when they actually hire actors that are twins, they don't do that. They're like, oh, okay, they make them dress the same. They've got the same haircut. And I just find it ludicrous that it's like, okay, you're trying to make Natalie Dormer look so different that it's ridiculous because in real life, twins are actually the same. A lot of twins dress the same. They've got the same haircut because essentially they're the same person. So the fact that you've got one that's completely different to the other just shows you how much Hollywood is just trying to say, hey, this is Natalie Dormer, but it's not Natalie Dormer. I don't know. I know I have a problem with it. I don't know if you do, but I, I had a problem. It's just the extremes they went to. It's like one's blonde and one's goth. And look, look, if you're going to, you want to present a certain aesthetic, why don't you hire somebody who actually knows something about twins instead of, instead of doing what you think is right. But again, I don't think the producers or the writers of this movie thought about shit like this and things that may bother me and you, because again, I know somebody who is uh, a twin flame. So I'm that's, that's my only source of anger and frustration towards that. But again, people who are watching this movie for just entertainment purposes, aren't going to be pissed off about something like that. Yeah, exactly. Look, it's just me. And although like these girls, they're not twin flames, so it's like completely different, but it's still, they're the, they're the same. So moving on in the story, this, okay, this next whole sequence is what really made me think, why do I like this movie? It makes no sense. So Natalie Dormer's character, Sarah, she gets on a train, right? So she's left the hotel. She gets on a train. She gets off the train station at, um, like where the forest is. And this train station is pretty much in the middle of fucking nowhere. And she gets off and she's got her luggage and she's kind of looking around like, uh, where do I go? And I'm like, what do you mean? Where do you go? How do you, she has no fucking plan, right? No plan. She's just like, I'm going to get on the train. I'm going to get off in the middle of fucking nowhere. And then the next scene, she's like walking down some some road that's like lined by trees. And I'm like, do you, where the fuck are you going? And then she randomly comes across a visitor's center. And the first thing she does is like, go in. She's like, Oh, have you seen my sister? First of all, you don't need to show a photo. You look exactly like her. Okay. Just say, have you seen someone that looks like me? But that wasn't the annoying bit. So the woman behind the visitor center goes, Oh, I've seen your sister. She's here. Come with me. She's like, Oh shit. My sister's here. So they go downstairs into the basement. And they go into this room 
where there's dead bodies covered with sheets. Why the fuck does a visitor's centre have a basement with dead bodies covered with sheets? And then there's like this little pissy fan in the corner as if that's going to fucking do anything. And then there's like a call from upstairs and the woman fucks off and she's like, hey, stay here. And Natalie Dormer's character fucking stays. I, I would be fucking out of there. And then I don't know why Natalie Dorman's character is just standing there and she's like, oh, I want to see what's behind door number fucking one. And so she just picks a random body and peels back the sheet. Listen, I'm morbid as shit. I would never fucking do that. And then she leaves. And I'm like, I wouldn't even, as soon as the door opened and I saw that there were dead bodies in the room, I'd be like, all right, I'm getting the fuck out of here because I don't even know what y'all are having here. But it was, again, another pointless scene just to show like it's like the director went we're doing a horror movie we hadn't we haven't had horror yet let's put dead bodies in a visitor center and make them look all fucked up uh but it serves no purpose and that's when natalie dormer actually decides to leave and i just i just went how have i not noticed how this scene makes completely no fucking sense okay so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give a small little quote here or a version of a small little quote that has been said by one of the best, one of the best uh, writers in the industry, Aaron Sorkin. Okay. (laughs) Aaron Sorkin said, just give me a minute. Give me a minute. You're you're laughing now, but just give me a minute. Uh Okay. Give me a minute, but just hold up. Aaron Sorkin said when he sits down to write, okay. One of his main things that he always thinks of, okay. He thinks of who is in this scene. And what do they want to accomplish in this scene, right? And those scenes that Dean just talked about have no fucking purpose. None. Absolutely none. Okay. She's on the train. Fine. She's walking from this place to this place. Fine. But she has no idea where she's fucking going. You do not go into a strange country without a plan and without an idea of what you want to fucking do. You don't just instantly render... Sorry, you don't just innocently fucking, you know, render about in a strange country. You don't do that. And the fact that she just happened to stumble upon a visiting center, that is awful plotting. (laughs) That is a bunch of bullshit. It is. Bullshit. That's bullshit. Bullshit. But the the part where I went, oh, fuck, I'm going to kill Dean. Why the fuck do you have... A fucking morgue in a fucking visitor center. Yeah. It makes no fucking logical sense at all. None. Whatsoever. Absolutely none. And the main character's reaction when that woman leaves the room is just, why? What the fuck? Like, okay, when this woman decided that her sister was missing... It was like, oh, she she grabbed a bunch of shit from her house and just decided to go. This woman had no fucking plan. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, she, I mean, clearly, as soon as she, look, she had a plan going in because she got off the flight. She obviously booked the hotel room. After that scene, that was just so fucking, like, retarded. Um, there's a Japanese woman there. She's just, just about to leave. They talked about she was last seen in this forest. Mm-hmm. And the woman says... If you go to the forest, don't leave the path. And, of course, we all fucking know she will once she gets into the forest. Like, there's been so many fucking warnings in this movie. There are um, 
up until she sort of gets to the forest and she obviously does not heed any of them, which, you know, obviously if she does, there's no movie, but I just thought, well, you know, you're not going to stick to that. So she goes to a bar and this random guy starts talking to her. That wasn't the issue I had with this. The issue I had, now this is going to be a me issue. This is not going to be a you issue, but she says, what do you do for a living? And he said, oh, I write for an Australian travel magazine. Dude, you're, are you American? What the fuck? <laughs> and then he says, he says Australian words like walkabout. And I'm like, dude, that's our word. Are you for real? And then later on, <laughs> later on, you know, she's like, oh, you're going to write this in your Australian travel magazine. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? At least hire an Australian actor. What the fuck is an American doing writing for an Australian travel magazine? Like, Oh my god! Again, it's a me problem, but I just thought you, uh, you. This director is so fucking lazy that he doesn't want to hire at least make him do an Australian accent to be more authentic, or or even hey, even about this, why don't you get him to write for a fucking American travel magazine? That would make sense. But it just that oh my god, the shat me up the and I didn't even notice that when I watched it the first time. But I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? So like this movie just again. I have to say, I actually like this movie, but deconstructing it, it's got issues. <laughs> it's got major, major issues. Side note, side note, in the beginning, uh, when we met Natalie Dormer's husband or boyfriend, whatever, he hasn't fucking called her one time. So she's in a non-English speaking country looking for her sister in this forest where she disappeared. Not once has her husband tried to contact her. So I would say, get rid of that. And it's not even like brought up. And I'm like, dude, what? I don't know why he made her go by herself anyway. But anyway, did you notice that? Were you yeah. like, where the fuck's the oh, husband? Oh yeah, no, 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 but but not that. When 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 he said that he works for an Australian magazine, I was like, oh, this is gonna set Dean off, and I was right. It set him off. <laughs> oh, so pissed. I was like, you fuckers, you could not even get an Australian guy to play. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! And if you wanted Taylor, the guy that played the whatever his name is in the movie, you know, get him to write for a fucking American magazine. Yeah. Like it just fucking made no sense to me. It didn't make sense. No, you know. And as far as the boyfriend is concerned, I'm like, this is the worst boyfriend ever because ever. All, because all we see of all we see of him is complaining and sort of not taking into consideration that this woman is grieving, that she's looking for her sister. He's just a fucking dick. But also. Guess what? He has no character development. If you oh, want, yeah. <laughs> if you wanted us to really fucking care about this movie, here's what you could have done. All right, you could have started off the movie giving us some much-needed character development on the three of them: Sarah, Jessica, and the fucking boyfriend. Right? Have Jessica go away to Japan for some reason, get lost in the woods, and then have the boyfriend and Jessica go to Japan to start to to, to look for. Her, yeah, hundred percent. Look, hundred percent. That doesn't that doesn't solve all your problems, but again, it gives the audience, which is what screenplay writers are supposed to do, vis a vis us. It gives our audience a point, a personal connection. So guess what? When the scary shit starts happening in the woods, that makes that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. We actually give a fuck, but we don't give a fuck. Yeah, we don't give about a fuck. anything in this movie because the. Character development is not there. <laughs> no. The hook no. for the audience is not there. And that's just poor, lazy screenplay writing. That's just inexcusable as a writer. Yeah, you let that, it out. You know, let you, it out. I agree with you 100%. You know, you, you know, at that point, 
you should take your laptop, your fucking bag, and go home. <laughs> go home. Fuck off and go home. Stop writing. <laughs> Choose another career. <laughs> Fuck off and go home. Fuck off. And let, let people that actually know how to do character development look, write fucking scripts. Look, 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 look. I look, look, I'm not I'm not putting this, you know, writer's career on blast because maybe he maybe he just took this job for a paycheck, which is something that I have an issue with. Yeah, me in, too. In itself. But but if you're gonna if you're gonna write a script, make sure that your characters are rich enough to connect with the audience. If you can do that, as writers, we can forgive a lot. But if you don't do even that, mm. get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, no, I, 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 <laughs> this, yeah. this is why I was like, I'm ripping this movie to shreds because it just does not have any redeeming qualities. I don't know why I like it. So anyway, moving on, uh, she, um, Sarah gets to her hotel room. Now, when she gets to her hotel room, she sees a figure at the end of the hallway and there's really ominous lighting and it's dark and it it's quite it is quite a creepy scene because you see this figure and they're in a white gown but you kind of can't see their head and they're and, and I'm like okay that's it's filmed really really well like it's very ominous right but and this is what fucks me off about people in horror movies she starts walking towards it fucking towards it oh my god I would be out she's not even in her hotel room she's in the fucking hallway if I saw once some random person in a fucking nightgown standing at the end of the hallway I'd be like all right I'm going to my hotel room now why why is she fucking walking towards this person and just to top off the whole fucking scene it was pointless because it was just an old fucking woman who couldn't get back to her hotel room and I'm like oh another pointless scare like that did nothing Again, why why are these again? I'm gonna in a point of structure here, okay? All right. If you want to make a movie like this, every scene that you every scene that you write should have a goal, right? Your characters can either achieve that goal or fail at that goal. But every scene that you fucking write from page one should have a fucking point. And no scene in this fucking movie makes sense. None of it. Okay, it's creepy. Some of it works. I like some of the elements, but no, but nothing in this fucking movie had a fucking purpose from a screenplay perspective. And no, a lot of the actions taken by the main character in this film, Sarah, don't make any sense. Like you just said, if you see a creepy fucking figure at the end of the hallway, why in the name of fuck would you crawl? Would you walk towards it? You wouldn't do that. It's stupid. Yeah, I yeah. As someone that writes horror, I try extremely hard not to make my hero stupid. And I put myself in the hero's shoes. What would I do? Would I go towards it? Would I would I run away? Would I call someone? Would I scream? Like what would I do in that situation depending on the character because I don't like stupid characters i understand that it's a horror movie and blah, blah blah but you can make shit scary but make it have a point and on that because i write horror if you're going to put jump scares in a movie if you're going to put scary shit obviously in a movie you have to make it tie in to the plot there has to be a point i know that horror writers write oh let's let's have a cat jump out that'll be fucking scary and have you know the noise and let's have a face come out of nowhere that'll be a, 
uh, that'll be scary, but they just put shit in just to scare you. But it should tie in with the fucking plot of the movie. If it doesn't, it is a pointless, a fucking pointless scene just to scare people because, hey, we're writing a horror movie. And listen, the people that write horror that are inexperienced, they do this because they go, oh, I haven't had a scary scene in a while. Let's have a, let's have a dog jump out at them. That'll, that'll scare the audience. Inexperience shines through when I watch horror movies because the experienced ones, no, every single scare in your movie has to serve a purpose, has to push the main protagonist in a certain direction has to shift the mind of the protagonist. It it, it 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 has to have a point and no scare in this movie and we'll get to the forest shit has a fucking point. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can, I completely agree with you. I can't really say anything more without making my head spin off. So you want to just get to the <laughs> So finally we get to the forest. The movie is called the forest. 30 minutes in, and I fucking paused it. I'm like, when? where are we? 30 minutes in, we actually get to the forest, right? But don't think scary shit's going to happen yet. <laughs> I wrote down the time code for that later when the scary shit actually starts happening because thus far it's not actually scary. So the scene that I thought hilarious, and this again shows me a very, very inexperienced writer, was – uh, what's her name? Sarah is standing there with, um, so she's entered the forest with the guy she met in the bar and they've got a tour guide. So this tour guide is not, not showing them the forest. He's searching for, for dead bodies so he can retrieve them and bring them back. So he's gone off because he's seen someone and he's gone to talk to them. And we're left with the, uh, not just, we're left with Sarah and the guy. So a really this is really, really awkward and really, really inexperienced writers do this. And I've seen this done in so many movies and I just don't know why the fuck they keep doing this because it is so, it's not even, it's not reality. It's fantasy. As much as this movie is fucking fantasy, this scene, this here, what I'm about to talk about is the most fantastical thing out of the whole thing. She starts reciting a poem, some random poem by some random fucking person nobody's ever fucking heard of. Right. And then he turns around and he finishes the poem and she looks at him and goes, oh, how do you know this poem? And he's like, oh, you know, I know it. No, no, no. Okay. First of all, nobody knows poems. Okay. What are the odds? What are the fucking odds that she would start reciting a poem and he would recite the rest of it? Like you would have to know that poem by heart. It's not even a famous poem. It's some random poem from a fucking random book. How would he know that? And it's not even explained. Like, it, it has nothing to do with the story. It has nothing to do with anything. And they put that in movies so many times where someone recites a poem and the other person they're with happens to know it. And I'm like, that's not a thing. That's not a fucking thing. If you want to do that, here's how you do it. You set it up. And you could have set it up when they first met, right? If you wanted to do that, I, I could have forgiven that if when they first met, it was, you know, you know, it was, you know, when we were given an inch of his backstory, which in this movie we weren't, but a little line in an inch of his backstory says, oh, by, you know, before I became a journalist for a country that I don't even fucking live in, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you know, I studied poetry before I found my true calling. So that little setup would have, you know you know, made our head not go completely off our heads, 
when they were in the forest and she starts reciting the poem and he knows the poem. And the way that we know that he is proficient in poems is it was set up earlier. But in this movie, nothing was set up. So that's why the fucking thing doesn't work. It doesn't work. And also, what's the point of the poem? There's like, what is like, there's no point. It's just that her sister liked that poem, but there's no actual fucking point to the poem. So I, again, inexperienced writer. The next thing, the next thing I think is funny. So they keep walking through the forest. Nothing scary has happened yet, right? They're in this fuck. The movie's called the fucking forest. They're in the fucking forest. Nothing has fucking happened, right? So they're walking through the forest and then she sees a yellow tent in the distance. And she's like, that's my sister's tent and starts running towards the tent. Okay. It's a yellow tent. It could be Joe Blow's tent. How do you fucking know it's your fucking sister's tent? Now, I know we had that dream sequence where it's like, oh, a yellow tent, but that's not enough. It's because by the time she sees the yellow tent, you've forgotten that she's had that god-awful dream sequence. And I'm like, how do you know that's a- At least, at least if you're going to spot a tent from a distance, at least make it look like like maybe her, t- her, her tits are... <laughs> Her sister. I can't even fucking talk. <laughs> I don't know. Go on. I like the way this is going. Maybe her sister has a specific tent, not a yellow tent that everybody fucking has. I just thought that's so stupid. Like, how would you even know that's your sister's tent? Like, a thousand people would have that tent. The next scene is she finds her sister's tent and, you know, she's like, oh, she's here, she's coming back, her clothes are here, blah, 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 blah. And the guide, this this Japanese guide that knows the forest, knows what goes on, he's like, listen, you can't be here at night. She's like, oh, no, I'm going to stay. And he goes, no, you have to listen to me. We'll come back in the morning, leave your sister a note saying that that you've come, but you cannot stay here at night, it's dangerous. And she's just, like, ignoring it. It's like, no, I'm going to stay. I don't know why they make you know, blonde, white American women stupid? I don't think they are. But this movie, but horror movies make them out to be fucking dumbasses. So she's like, I'm going to stay. And so the guy she's with, he's like, oh, I'm going to stay as well. Nothing's happened yet. Again, let me just say, nothing has fucking happened yet. And they're in the forest. So the next scene is completely fucking pointless. So night has fallen. Still, nothing's fucking happened. Night has fallen and... She, he makes a fire next to the tent and she's talking to, they have, they have this really in-depth conversation. It's like five, 10 minutes long that adds absolutely fucking zero to the movie. It is pointless. It, it, there's no information. There's nothing. It doesn't show his character. It doesn't show her character. It's like this pointless, uh, they could have been talking about the fucking Muppets for all I know. Do you know what I mean? It added nothing to the story. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we've been talking about it for almost 39 minutes. Everything, a lot of scenes in this movie make no fucking point. A lot of scenes in this movie are just there to push forward a uncohesive, non-interesting narrative. And it's just a fucking mess. It's yeah. a goddamn mitigated mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the next scene is another dream sequence that, is just another jump scare. It doesn't push the story forward. It doesn't give any more information. It's just a jump sequence. Um, and then she wakes up in her tent and I'm like, oh, okay, that was just, it was fucking pointless, right? So 50 minutes, 50 minutes into a movie called The Forest, 
creepy shit starts happening, starts happening. I'm not saying it is happening. I'm saying it's like trickling in the slowest it can fucking possibly trickle in. And I, I never noticed that before. I was like, oh, did it re- does it really take this long to get into it? Amateur writing, fucking amateur writing. So the creepy shit, oh, God, I just, as a horror writer, it kills me. It absolutely kills me that they just, they just could not think up anything more creepy than a fucking school student <laughs> in the forest. That's what that, you know, it's going to be creepy. Uh, uh, a Japanese schoolgirl that'll be fucking creepy. It's not. It's fucking not, right? So that's the first creepy thing. That, and it's random. Like Natalie Dormer's character follows this 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 Japanese schoolgirl. Oh, no, come follow me. What the fuck? You're at night, you're in a forest, and there's a random schoolgirl running around, and you're like, yeah, cool, I'm going to follow you wherever you want to take me. Like, uh, could this, could she be more stupid? No, I don't think so. Because uh, clearly we've said it before. It doesn't make sense. She's in the forest. She, look. She's under stress. She's not thinking straight. But even people under stress who are not thinking straight, there has to be a moment where they go, oh, fuck, this is not a good idea. I'm in a strange forest in Japan, and I'm following this fucking schoolgirl in a fucking schoolgirl uniform? This makes no sense. How the fuck did she get here? Why is she here? Where are her, where are her fucking parents? Like, no, none of it makes any sense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's about, that's about it. And then morning comes. That's about it. That is about it, okay? The first night they're in the forest and all that happens is she sees a random schoolgirl and then, oh, it's morning. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Do you know how many opportunities as a screenwriter you have when you've got the setting that they're in a suicide forest where people commit suicide? You're in this forest, okay? There's souls, there's spirits at unrest, and the only thing you do is make a schoolgirl appear and then, oh, it's daybreak? Oh, my God. I could have strangled the screenwriter. It was such a missed opportunity. So, anyway, it's daybreak. Nothing's fucking happened. And then when the guide left them, right, so the guide was, like I said before, the guide was telling them don't stay. She was like, I'm going to stay. So he told them, wait here. I will be back with you at first light. I will be back. Just wait here because you're not going to be able to find your way out. And what do they do when they wake up? Let's go. Let's just, let's fucking go. We don't know where we're going. Let's just fucking go. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why don't these people listen, right? So then the guide comes back and they're gone. Huh, where are they going? <laughs> like, where the fuck are they going? It's like, it's like, I just, they just decide to go for a walk-see. And again, nothing's happened. Uh, I mean, are you as frustrated as me? No, at this point I was checked out and we're <laughs> checked out. Over. You were checked out. Got it over with. Because I was like, I was like, why God? Why? Why God? Why? This is why. Later on in the evening, when I was watching this movie, I needed to watch something with proper story plotting, good directing, and actual fucking sense. So that's why I watched Doom because I needed to just watch this awful movie out of my mouth. But I was like, just why God? Why? Yeah, and then and then after that, when they're on their little walk, she has a bit of a spaz attack and starts, like, suspecting him. He's done nothing wrong, but she just starts suspecting him. And then she's like, show me your phone. I want to see your phone. Like, And I'm like, well, this has come out of nowhere, right? This has absolutely come out of nowhere. And I was just like, I don't 
I don't know. And then she starts hearing whispers, right? And she's like, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Um, but she kind of thinks it is real. So she's kind of torn between is it real or is it not real? And then she runs off, right? She runs uh, she runs into the forest, which is another fucking smart move, and then she falls down a hole because there are always holes in forests that people fall down in horror movies, and they're just high enough that they can't fucking get out. But there's always an underground cave system which they can go and explore. So, and and it's another creepy pointless scare scene so when she's investigating this um cave system she meets the school student again because this movie cannot fucking get enough of the school of the creepy fucking school students and there's a pointless scare scene that doesn't add anything to the story and then she's like screaming for help and then she finds a random camera that has photos of like her when she was like a kid and her sister and stuff. And then there is another pointless scare in that as well. And I was like, Oh my God, every, every single scare scene in this movie is just like, absolutely like fucking pointless. I know you know this. So anyway, the guy, the guy hears her and I don't know why he would go back for her. Like, fuck this. She was such a dick. Like she was just such a dick to him. So anyway, he gets her out of the hole and she's like, oh, um, you know, I found a ranger station where we can call for help. You wouldn't have to call for help if you just stayed at the fucking tent where the guide told you not to fucking move because he would be back for you. But that's, that's, that's another fucking story. And anyway, she turns around, she goes, oh, you found a ranger station. Oh, how convenient. And I'm like, what? listen, look, what the, how convenient, (laughs) like this guy has done nothing wrong. This guy has like tried to help her. And I know, I know what the director was going for. Like he was trying to make it like she was going through some sort of psychological break. It did not pass that way. She saw two like schoolgirls that scared her. And suddenly she's like going crazy. No, not enough stuff has happened to justify she is having a mental break um there was no showing that she's being influenced by the souls they didn't show that if they'd shown that it's like oh okay i understand why she's she's kind of suspicious and she's kind of kind of going crazy but they never showed that and so the whole thing that the director and the writer were going for fell flat because it was just like one minute she was totally like oh i'm here for my sister Two scenes later, she's like having a mental break. And I'm like, how, how did, I don't know. You know, she keeps saying nothing is real, but then the next minute she believes everything. And it's like, uh, she keeps going back and forth between this and it doesn't, I mean, look, I, again, I know what they were trying to do with the psychological aspect, but it did not work for a character, for a character to have an arc, for a character to change, they have to have a triggering moment that, that, that shifts their mindset. That is the only way that characters in movies change is when they have a triggering moment and they go, oh, and that's when the mindset goes in the other direction. That never happened in this movie. There was no triggering event that I could put my finger on that would make her have a psychological break. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree. And you know why? I'm going to say it again when I'm trying not to yell. There was no goddamn character development in this fucking movie. Nothing. None. Nothing. None. Look, look, look. 
if you wanted to have her start wigging out in the forest, you could have set it up earlier by saying she's kind of mentally unstable and she's on meds. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's that's really simple. That's really being potatoes. But with that, you could have used that as an excuse to when she got in the woods. That's why voices start talking to her. And then you start to question yourself as an audience member. Is it the meds or is this really happening? With that one thing, you could have given the audience something to hold on to. But her entire behavior in the forest makes no sense because we don't care and there's no character development for her character, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, look, you know me. And if I'm going to write a character that's going to have a psychological break, I'm going to do, I'm going to put as much research into it as I can. I'm going to do hours, weeks, months of research just so I can get the character development right because again that's what they were going for but other than the fact that they just didn't set it up it didn't work because she came off bitchy it it didn't come off as a psychological break she just came off as just like oh my god just take a step back take a fucking chill pill it didn't it didn't work like the writer put no effort into actually researching what is it like to have a psychological break like what is it like to 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 be basically like in lack of a better word, mental. Like, what is it like? Like, they didn't push that forward. And all I kept thinking was, fucking relax. Just relax. I didn't, I just didn't understand. So anyway, they make it to the ranger station and he finds a radio and she, there's like a locked door and she gets a note that slipped under saying, oh, it's your sister. It's Jess. He wants to kill you. And she's like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, it's just made no sense. And so she's believing it because apparently she's having a fucking psychotic break. So she kills him. And then this is really the fucking icing on the cake. We see her sister randomly sitting in the forest not with her tent. So she's left her tent. She's left her clothing. She's sitting somewhere random in front of a fire. And she just like looks up like she can sense something. We have not seen her sister since the beginning. I mean, we've only seen her sister in flashbacks, right? This is the first time we've actually seen her. And I'm like, what is she doing? And then the next scene is she's running out of the forest because the search party is there. The search party has just left the forest because they're looking for Sarah and she runs out of the forest. And I'm like, what? Where were you the, the whole time? What are you just like running around the forest making fires? Like you've uh, help me, just help me out here. <laughs> so so bad. That that could have worked again if you actually showed Sarah. If you actually if if you asked, if you actually showed Jessica's. If you had Sarah looking for Jessica and you actually showed Jessica's experience in the forest, that's the way it could have worked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That would have been more explainable than just having her sit in the fucking forest, look up, which is not how the twin thing works, by the by the way, for various reasons. Yeah. And they go running high, like, like, that's lazy. That's lazy. If you look. Everything that you do in a script, if you're good and if you're competent, you know what the fuck you're doing, requires setup, setup and payoff. That's all writing is, and that's all what storytelling is, in a basic sense. Okay, you you introduce an idea. Okay, then you take that idea, you introduce characters. Okay, you got you got two things here. Okay, but what is going to make 
this story interesting for our audience or the people that are going to be reading this, okay? Then you introduce problems. With those problems, you have our characters go through the story while solving these problems. And your, your conclusion should be, okay, at the end of the story, your conclusion should be, did our characters accomplish a goal? Yeah. No, ex they, well, ex they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in this movie, there's none of that. There's nothing. It's empty. It's just a movie that you would find in a bargain bin on a shitty night at Blockbuster in the 90s. Tell us how you it's really like, feel. That's like, just why? Like, just just put a little bit of effort into what you were doing for this movie. If you would have done that, yeah. it would have been a much more interesting watch. Yeah, I think the other thing that ticked me off was they try to set up the the twin aspect of it. And, you know, in the beginning, she's getting dreams that her twin is in trouble. And she even says, like, if my twin died, like, I would feel it. There would just be silence. But that's 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 all they kind of did. Um, they didn't set anything else up. I would think if if your twin is in the forest and you're and you've come looking for them, wouldn't they be able to sense that the other one was there because they're so close? Wouldn't they just go, oh, and just be kind of drawn to them? Uh, but they weren't because her sister, the goth one, Jess, didn't even know that her sister was in the forest. So if you're going to set up something, you can't set it up half-assed. You have to go all the way. And this movie just set it up half-assed. Or let's just pretend that they've got this thing where they uh, – that that they know each other and blah 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 blah, but they didn't set up the rest, and it kind of annoyed me because yeah, it just, and that yeah, it just fucking it just annoyed me. And in the end, we find out that uh, Sarah, uh, the spirits made Sarah kill herself for some unknown reason because these spirits kept scaring her. They kept like bombarding her, but we don't know why. There was why there has to be a reason. Okay, listen, I write stuff with paranormal stuff, and the the villain, the paranormal whatever person, whatever the fuck it is, has to have a point, right? It's like it's like in Halloween, right? Remember in the last Halloween that was so fucking shit, and he was just going around killing random people, and it's like no, Michael doesn't kill random people; he kills people he fucking knows and hates, like Scream, random shit, and it's like no, why are you making your villain? do this for no reason. They killed, they made her kill herself for no reason. No reason. And that, as a horror writer, shut me right the fuck off. And that's the end of the movie. I mean, that's the fucking end. Wait, I do, I, I do have one more point that makes no sense. <laughs> okay, before she actually gets into the fucking woods, uh, she comes across somebody who says, oh, you shouldn't go in the woods because your mind is weak and you're sad. And, you oh, know, that's right. You're, you're supposed to give us that one little kernel to explain why she fucking killed herself. Come yeah, on, no, that, man. no, no, it's stupid. Just, 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 just take your copy of Final Draft, <laughs> fucking just burn it. Think of a new career. You should, you should actually, you, you should actually think of a career in help management or something because <laughs> your career as a screenplay writer is probably going fucking nowhere if you're writing this movie. Come on, let's be yeah. honest here. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have anything else to say on the movie, I will get into the trivia. All right, let's hear it. I don't have anything else to say. Go on with the trivia. Okay, so that's the end of the movie, folks. She kills herself. 
the sister runs out um, of the forest uh, and that's it. It fucking ends. So, yeah, anyway, let's get to the trivia, which will be the most interesting of the whole fucking thing. So the the movie, the forest the movie is based upon is a real forest in Japan called, well, it's nicknamed the Suicide Forest, but the real name, let's see if I can pronounce it, is the Akoigahara Forest located on the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji. So it is a real forest um, and there are actual recovery parties that scan the forest to retrieve human remains because since the 1960s, people have been committing suicide there. So it earned the nickname the Suicide Forest. And actually, when you first go into the forest, there's actually a sign and signs on the trails that actually say, please do not kill yourself. Please think of your family. So the um the yeah that's what I that's what I was talking about with you have a real life suicide forest where a lot of there's a lot of history there's a lot of deaths there's a lot of shit you could have used and this is what you come up with like Japanese folklore and mythology is so rich is so dense and this is the movie you came up with you did no research you did nothing <laughs> because if you did, we would have a rich version of the forest. And God, I would love to write a movie based in the suicide forest. I, I would, I would absolutely, I think I would fucking just kill it. Right. So anyway, um, my next, uh, trivia is the Japanese government wouldn't actually let them film in the forest. So they had to film it in the Tara national forest in Serbia. Uh, yeah, the Japanese government, I mean, I understand why they wouldn't let them film there. You know, I mean, Americans coming in, filming in a beautiful forest. And by the way, you can go to that forest. Uh, you can go for hikes. There's trails. Uh, they do, uh, school excursions there. Like it's a, it's a place that you can, it's not, uh, it's not forbidden or anything. It's not like, oh, if you go there, you're breaking the law. No, it's an actual forest with a hiking trail, uh, which is on, I don't know if you're surprised. It's actually on my bucket list to go there. Not that I want to see ghosts, but I just want to see, um, the forest. But in the movie, it says that if the guide said, if you set up a tent, you're not sure that's, that's actually true. So he did five minutes of research. <laughs> the screenwriter did five minutes of research into the suicide forest. So that's actually true. Uh, in 2003, there were 105 bodies found in the forest. This is where people go to fucking die. And it's 99% of them hang themselves. So it's a really gruesome forest, uh, yet really beautiful. I mean, if you just look up, uh, there's a there's a scene in the movie where Natalie Dormer's character is actually looking up photos of the forest. Those are real photos from the actual forest but if you want to look it up like it's just other than that it's just it's really beautiful last bit of trivia is natalie dormer actually went to the suicide forest before she started filming the movie to have a look she had a japanese tour guide with her and they were on the trail and she she wanted to take a photo of something so she stepped off the trail 
uh, about five or six meters off the trail to get a photo of, I don't know, waterfall or something. And the Japanese tour guide refused to follow. He stayed on the track. He would not step one inch off the track. So you can see how embedded this whole, um, mythology is to the Japanese people. They believe it head and heart that like you do not leave the trail, which was another thing in the movie that was correct. You don't leave the trail. Otherwise, you know, the spirits that are at at unrest will get you. And yeah. So anyway, that's the end of my trivia. I hope you enjoyed. Yeah. uh, I think, you know, again, this movie would have been so much better if we had a competent writer (laughs) And they, they could have done so many cool things with this movie if they would have done a bunch, a little bit of research. Look, I'm not a horror writer. The the scripts that I write don't require research. But if I'm going to write, if I'm a, if I'm a producer of this movie and I want to make a scary movie based on a real situation, I hire a writer who likes doing research. And mm. I make sure that, and I make sure that we base our movie, if it's based on real place, in some sort of reality. You can fuck around with it to a point, but you have to base it in some sort of reality. And yeah. for this movie, yeah, and for this movie, in my opinion, none of that happened. So the trivia was cool, especially that thing about Natalie Dormer. Yeah. And the fact that you wanted to, vi- the fact that you want to visit the forest doesn't surprise me at all since you are. Oh, it's been on my uh, list my for little, years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since you are my little morbid friend of mine, so yeah. Yeah. that that is not a surprise at all. But um, with that being said, I think uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Mixtape Podcast. Uh, if you guys are still here for God knows what reason, and you want to come back next week, uh, the movie that we'll the movie that we will be talking about next week uh, sent a fire throughout the throughout the fanboy community who act throughout the fanboy community, especially those of us who like vampires, you know, an age old question came out of this film. Uh, do vampires sparkle? So if you need a little bit more help with that, we'll be discussing the film twilight, the film that made, uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh, marry me. And Robert Pattinson household names. So, uh, as I say often, uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, please remember, If someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape one day, that must truly mean that they love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.